Hello again, welcome to Chat and Chill with Super Hill. I am your host, Dr. Terrell Hill, Superintendent of Windsor Public Schools. The show gives us the opportunity to learn about all the great things that are happening in our school district because a lot of folks think they know what's happening here, but they don't really know. Today is probably the biggest show that we will have done thus far this year. In fact, we're calling it the big show. In studio with me today, I have some special guests, and I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves at this time. Hi, so my name is Dr. Noha Haiti. I'm the Acting Assistant Superintendent for Instructional Services. I am also um, the STEM Director and have been with Windsor for eight years now. Um, Megan Rickus, I am a CTE teacher at Sage Park Middle School. Hi, I'm Jeff Gooden, and I'm a CTE teacher uh, specializing in digital media here at the high school, and this is my 10th year here. Hi, I'm Gary Nolan. I am a music tech and stagecraft teacher here at Windsor High School, and I am also an alumni of Windsor Public Schools. What class, Gary? Class 2012. All right, all right. 2012's in the house. Gary getting old. <laughs> so a, a big push with this show is that uh, it's that time of year. Right? I um, um, I can't say it's not without my uh, ulterior motives here. I don't like seeing kids in Windsor community go to other schools. I'm not putting down other schools. I'm not against other schools. But I'm just that guy with an attitude that I want my kids in Windsor in Windsor Public Schools. And particularly here at Windsor High School, I believe we have one of the best kept secrets in the state. And uh, I don't want it to be a secret. So today we got to get the secret out, guys. Uh, Windsor High School is a comprehensive high school. And some people out there may not know what that is. But that's a high school that offers, um, in addition to the traditional or classical courses, math, English, science, social studies, you know, PE, uh, music, art, those standard courses that would be at any high school. We have a, a whole other area that I think actually brings life and energy to the school as well, but folks don't necessarily think about it. Or in their minds, they might stereotype it to a particular student or a particular uh, attitude of student. So I want to talk about some of the course offerings that we have here at Windsor High School in our CTE department. And for those of you who don't know, that's Career and Technical Education. That's the name given here in the state of Connecticut, the CTE department. Dr. Haiti, could you share some of our offerings? Yes, absolutely. So we are very fortunate. We have um, multiple pathways. We have a computer science and robotics pathway where students are able to make, to take multiple courses, including AP computer science. We also have a manufacturing pathway, computer graphics, video production, and automotive pathway. Um, also looking at different kind of pathways, we have fashion design, an award-winning culinary arts program, and we also have a business pathway. We are fortunate to have a um, music production that students get to use the latest technology to produce music, and we will hear more from that pathway from Mr. Gary Nolan a little bit later on. We have a lot of courses, um, like Dr. Hill mentioned, that parents have a very weird misconception about um, in terms of who goes into CTE courses and CTE classes. What I really want to highlight is that a lot of the skills that students learn in these courses are called soft skills, like problem solving, cr um, critical thinking, collaboration. They have a lot of voice and choice in all the projects that they do in CTE courses. 
And all of these skills are real world skills that students need, whether they go into college, they go into a career after high school, whatever they decide to do, um, these are skills that they need for life. Thank you, Dr. Haiti. And I will even, you know, it's funny hearing her say soft skills as, a, you know, one of the people in here a little bit over the age of 40. But um, like today, those soft skills are actually considered critical skills um, when you operate in whatever uh, genre of business or whatever arena for work, even in the military. Right. You need to learn how to solve problems. And, and when you hear folks say, you know, they got to like make a decision on their feet. You can't always run to a manual for everything. Sometimes you got to see a problem and based on the information in front of you, make the best decision. But we don't just start at the high school. So one of the things I'm really excited about, I have a teacher here from our middle school who um, she can tell you about what we offer at the middle school because we actually get our students prepared and get them interested in our CTE areas um, as early as middle school. And they produce some great work over there at the middle school and they come over here to the high school and they just just expound on it and grow. So at this time, I'd like to ask Ms. Ricketts, could you share with us, you know, some of the great things that you guys are doing, uh, you and your colleagues over at the middle school? Uh, so we offer nine technology education courses at the middle school, starting in sixth grade with computer science, uh, graphics, 3D design specifically in sixth grade, um, and then engineering design. Seventh grade, we do structural engineering, robotics and uh, graphics media and in eighth grade we do mass production woodworking architecture design and um, multimedia as forefront in addition to we have an amazing cooking teacher who does three separate courses for her students so we're and then we also offer after school programs in relation to our content at the middle school Okay, so your kids are doing virtually nothing at the middle school, <laughs> right? So, but I understand that your kids actually uh, are in some some competition. I, I'm I'm not sure what it is, but I know, ladies and gentlemen out there, she's making me spend a lot of money for these kids. <laughs> that I can tell you. I I thought when I leave the house in the morning, I left you know my kids trying to hit on my wallet, but I come to work and I got teachers. And students doing the same thing. They always want the money. But you know what? We're going to find the money when we got kids doing the amazing things that these kids are doing. Tell us what your kids are, are doing and what they're up to and where they're going. So it's not just Sage Park now. I know. We got Windsor, we got Windsor High, too. So we have about 40 students in the district involved in Technology Student Association, which is a national organization that is STEM driven and expands into careers. So they compete in career-based subjects. Um, there's about 30 to like 50 competitions the kids can do. Um, this year, the kids qualified at the state level to go and compete at nationals in Louisville, Kentucky, and later in June to July 2nd. <laughs> okay. And we're taking about 21 kids in the district. That's a lot of money. <laughs> So I'm just going to throw a little shameless plug, and I have no shame in that. If anybody out there just feels somehow they want to just help the kids out, you know, feel free to do so. But seriously, if you want to do that, we'll take it. But we are taking care of the students, and I'm just so proud of all the work that they're doing. And so, again, 
stuff that's happening here in Windsor and our schools and folks just don't know, you don't have to go down the street or to the next town and you don't necessarily need to title a magnet on it to know that some great things are happening. We're doing amazing things here. Our students are not only making a name in this area and in the state, but they are, as you can see and as you've heard, they're competing across the country and they are really building that brand for Windsor Public Schools. Thanks a lot, Ms. Ricketts. So I'm going to go to Mr. Jeff Gooden. Um, teacher here that I just told him there's no pressure on him, none at all. So I have a child here at Windsor High School who is very much interested in going off to college and studying film and directing and screenwriting. We have our own incredible television studio here at Windsor High School. Mr. Gooden, like, let them know what you do here and what your students do. So thank you, Dr. Hill. We, we call it television production here, but we added digital media uh, to the end of the course titles probably about a year ago. Right time. So I think that encompasses a little more about what we do in this pathway. Um, we still call it TV back from when we were younger, but really it's screens, right? I'm 54. I, I got no shame. <laughs> <laughs> I got a television. <laughs> yeah, we're taking all the digital media and, what, what I, and we do a daily news show here, the Dove Hub and some other stuff here. What we try to do is just really teach these kids media literacy. That's my big passion here. So using this technology that they're around all day, and then showing them how that relates to corporate and uh, professional equipment like we have here, and how they can turn their screens into something that's not a distraction but a tool for success for them. So that's a big thing we can do here. If you think about how much video you see every day on your phone or on any screens that you're watching, just helping kids understand how those messages are created will help them understand those messages. That's kind of a big idea of what we're doing here. And we do that through doing messages and covering all the amazing events you're kind of talking about throughout. So whether it's covering the sports teams or all the concerts um, that they're doing down there or doing things for like the senior montage. Um, we're just trying to get out there and document all this stuff in a way that's professional and not just something they, that they just threw their phone and can give them that experience. So they can go on and hopefully create better programming out there and so, disseminate some of that misinformation that's flying around. I'm, I'm going to put some pressure on them some more because that's what I like to do. I make promises on the podcast and then other people have to actually make my promises come true. So I am looking forward to seeing our students in digital media. I just got upgraded. Do various uh, videos and productions of teachers doing lessons. Right? I want us... Every video pretty much in this district that my staff sees for training purposes, uh, informational purposes, things that people in the community see. I know I see some stuff when I'm down at uh, Dom's, when I'm eating breakfast on a Saturday. I want to look up anywhere in this town and be able to say that was done by a Windsor student. I want people in this town to see anytime they turn on their television and anything local, I want them to think of a Windsor kid behind the camera or at the controls so i love that we should and one thing i should mention you are seeing some of that you just don't know that yet so you got work with win tv and uh miss harmington down there and they do an amazing job down there with some summer programming enrichment programming yep. for kids, the film chargers um things like that so she's always working with us for the shad derby coming up here soon things like that she'll get our kids out there running their cameras with them and helping strengthen our program here and then giving these kids even more real world ability to come out of our classroom so the mar so the marketing teacher got to help, you know, the digital media teacher. We got to market our kids and say, oh, these are Windsor kids 
doing this. And this is why we, you know, we're doing the podcast, right? And that's that's why uh, Ms. Gill, our communications coordinator, you know, when she came up with the idea to start a podcast, that was the purpose, right? For people to hear about all the great things that are happening in and around Windsor. And again, folks think they have to go somewhere else, right? It's like you think, yeah, I have to go to this place to have a great vacation. And we don't even realize that there are great destinations right here in the United States, right here in New England, right here in Connecticut. So when people say, I got to go to this place thinking I'm going to get a better education or something for my child that this school has. We don't have a shiny new sign because Windsor is the oldest town in Connecticut and we've been doing this for a long time, but we're doing big things. And you don't want to send your kids somewhere and lose out on the big things that are here. So they're having to leave us with all the great stuff happening and they don't even know it. That's why I said we're doing this show because we're going to let people know there's a lot happening here. Thanks a lot, Mr. Gooden. So next, I want to call on Mr. Nolan. We have, um, I know we have a lot of students from Windsor High School over the years. I've been associated with Windsor High since 2002, and I have lost count of the number of students who've gone on to great acclaim in the music industry. They are, you know, so much like Mr. Gooden, students have gone off into the digital, um, digital media industry, but students here at Windsor, the music program is huge. And some in the water. And some in the water? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get some new filters. No? <laughs> so I want, I want Mr. Nolan, and the fact that he's an alum has me absolutely beaming, because to me as a superintendent, there's nothing that brings me more pride than to have a student go through our schools go off, get their education, and then come back here and share with the community. So, Mr. Nolan, talk about, you know, some of that rich history and what's going on currently and what you see for the future. All right. Um, well, as I said, I'm an alumni of Windsor, and I took the classes that I am currently teaching under Ms., uh, Mr. Mick Dufek when he was here. And when he was getting ready to retire, he asked me if I was available to teach here, and I jumped at the opportunity to get back home. So here I am at home. And um, he gave me the ball, and I tried to just kind of take it into the future. That's what he asked me to do, you know. And that's what Dr. Hill asked, actually asked me to do when um, when we were doing our interview. He asked me to kind of just take it into the future. So I've been doing my best trying to do that. Currently in my classes, I've got my students kind of wrapping up their final projects, and they're working on three or four song or more EPs, so either an EP or a, like a 12-track album if they've got it. They're putting those together of all their own original music, beats, instrumentals, sounds, podcasts, whatever they got, um, they're putting it out. So you got a bunch of little uh, Puffies and Missy Elliott's and everything in the making, huh? Uh, yeah, you name it, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we have, and I'm, I'm not just making this up because I know People are listening to these, you know, these podcasts all over. When I'm out and about, people say, I heard your podcast. I'm like, well, thank you. But I, I need them to know, like, we're not just making it up. We're not telling people this could be you. This is what has been happening here at Windsor High for a few decades. Mm -hmm. This is the norm. All we're doing is just upgrading the equipment and getting new staff because people retire. But the game hasn't changed here at Windsor High. We just keep doing it and we keep doing it bigger and better. So that's cool. So now... This is kind of a free flow, so any one of you could chime in or, you know, all of you could chime in, you know, one at a time, of course, on the next few things that I uh, mentioned, because I want to get people to understand, you know, why you all do what you do and what's the impact in general, right? So this generation of students has grown up with the internet, right? YouTube, Netflix, and all other social media platforms. Everything's at their fingertips. Why do you think what you guys teach 
How is it connected, one, and why do you think it's important? Uh, as Mr. Gooden already said, he upgraded this old dude from TV production to <laughs> digital media. So why is all that important to students? Or why should they care about that, what you do here? I'll be honest, I'm probably the one that teaches the most like computer-less based program because I do engineering design structures and woods at the middle school. So like giving the kids the opportunity to work with their hands gives them an opportunity to like have an outlet that's not them playing on their phones or going on the computer and it, like the use of basic tools is important. Like kids need to be able to identify what a screwdriver is and which one's a flathead by name because eventually they're going to have to use it. Like, regardless of what you do in life, you're going to build something, even if it's furniture in your bedroom. Knowing how to use the basic hand tools is just a need. And giving them the opportunity to do something without a computer, especially after COVID, is just beneficial to them in general because um, them just being off a computer is good just mentally as they you talk about kids' mental health and having an outlet that's not computer-based for their mental health, even if it's woodworking and I'm just tearing them in a direction, mm -hmm. it gives them an opportunity. But it, you know, it's important, and I'm glad that you actually started off um, with your response, Ms. Rick, is because um, I always hearken back to uh, my shop classes, right? Yes, they were in the <laughs> 70s and 80s, okay? We had machines and electricity. So, but I, I always hearken back to them because I've been a landlord now since 1996, um, and I've done all of my own work other than what needs to be done by a licensed person so I can keep my insurance. Um, <laughs> Dr. O's getting tired now, so I tend to hire more people, <laughs> and more often than not, I hire former Windsor students who are licensed and certified in all those various areas, carpentry, electricity, plumbing. Um, so yes, I do use my uh, network. but. What you said about kids having to use their hands, I love that because I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to, you know, and I won't even say a young person, a grown man. I'm somewhere in an apartment or doing repairs and the husband or the boyfriend is there and I'm, I'm stereotyping, gender stereotype right now. Go with me for a minute. I told you my age. <laughs> and I'll say, hey, I'm laying under up in a cabinet somewhere and I say, could you give me that, um, you know, 3A socket? So... I'm not sure if they stuck on the fraction or they stuck on the socket. But after about two minutes, I'm like, um, where are you? What's going on? And they usually come over with my whole tool bag. Yeah. Could you tell me what, if I could, if I wanted to climb out from under here, I would have did it myself. Right. And they didn't know what a flathead was. Right. Or a Phillips. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness. And the first thing I would say, because I thought of my grandfather, rest his soul, who he didn't care, his granddaughters, his grandsons, everyone learned how to use those tools. He had no separation by gender at all. And so he felt like he knew I went to school a lot, I earned all these degrees, and he was like, all that book learning don't mean nothing. If you ain't got common sense, and you can't use your hands. So your classes, I, I visited them a number of times. I like seeing what the students are doing, and they may not, they may not even know it, but you're actually building the foundation for critical thinking in so many areas, right? So as they become homeowners, um, they may not have to call people in all the time to fix everything. And I'll say from doing it myself over the years, when you fix something on your own, there's a sense of pride there that is just not the same 
is when you write a check and give it to somebody and they just say, oh, you're all set now. I mean, sometimes you need that. But using your hands, because your hands don't operate independent of your brain, right? So you got you to put your brain like, why is this going like this? And it does connect now to the technology because I can't tell you how many times I've gone to YouTube and watched <laughs> someone else using their hands. And I go, okay, that's what they did. And I can quietly rewind it until I get the picture in my head or put it on my bigger Mac screen while I'm doing the work and listen to the person and see the video, right? So I got my audio and my visual learning going on. And then I get the work done. And my wife is like, you're so amazing, honey. And I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. So YouTube is very helpful. And I've met a lot of women and men who said, I learned to fix things now because it's on YouTube. But someone like you, Ms. Ricketts, had to teach people in order for them to do a YouTube video. So I appreciate the work that you're doing. I also think I'm very fortunate in the fact that I am a female woodshop teacher. So like I do get that next generation of kids and girls specifically who like wanna work with their hands. And like, I'm kind of showing them that it's okay to go into these types of things. And like, this might be a career for you and it's okay for you to be with all the guys and to like get in there and do the nitty gritty work. So, like, I think I'm very fortunate to be in my position to help the kids through our district go into different pathways that they might not have seen as an option before that. And when I say she's earned her stripes with the fellas in the woodshop, <laughs> she has literally earned her stripes and stitches. You know, I just pray she just keep all those fingers. I don't want her being one of those old school woodshop teachers showing you three fingers, talking about, see what happens when you don't pay attention. Right. So. I want to send her home to her family with all her fingers. But no, she's an incredible teacher, and I'm very proud of her and the work that she's doing. So, um, Mr. Nolan. Yes, sir. How, how does all this work? You know, why do you think what you do with your kids, beyond them trying to be puffy or missy or <laughs> two chains, right? <laughs> Maybe a few more. Right? Oh. <laughs> you keep going with more producers? I know, right? I know you got it. I, I got, see, I'm going to go too old school, right? So I want to say Quincy Jones, but the kids <laughs> kids going to be like, who's that? And I just say, we are the world. Right? <laughs> uh, so it all, it all connects. You know, I, I was trying to think of a good answer for this question, and I guess... Um, even though I do teach like a tech class, like a lot of what I teach that connects and makes it different than what they see on a TikTok or a Facebook or, or anything like that. What makes it different is that we talk about expressing yourself, right? So what you see online and uh, the real world are two completely different things. And what a student might see, they might just want to see and do. And we do a lot of copying and looking at people's ideals on the internet. Like people don't post their fails, they post their victories. So, um, Say, could you, we're going to take you to church for a minute, y'all. This is how my show goes. People I'm don't. I'm going to say amen, but then, I, but then I'm going to have him testify one more, one more again. So I could said, you say that again, please, people, loud and clear for the audience? People do not post their fails, they post their victories, right? So. Um, what students might see as a music career is only making a ton of money, right? Um, there are a lot of times as a musician where you will not make a lot of money. You have to really fight for what you want, especially if you want to be an artist that creates their own original music. It's a life hard, it's a hard life. Um, so what I like kids to know is yes, we are using technology, but we're using our brains and we're trying to put our soul into what we're doing. So. Uh, whereas they see 
Drake on Instagram with a bunch of chains and all that stuff, and they think they have to write a song like Drake, I'd say, hold up, we're going to write a song like you. So that's why before I said, we got them all, like when we were joking about producers, you, you name it, we got it, because we just got all sorts of individual people um, making artistic statements in the classroom. And that's, hey, and as my boy DJ Khaled would say, <laughs> another one. All right. Thank you. We the best. We don't know. 54, but I'm in there. We're going to bring it to you. And he said the GOAT on Quincy Jones. All right. And some people was like, GOAT. I, don't, I just don't make it. Greatest of all time. G O A T. Greatest of all time. The GOAT. That's all we're saying. All right. I appreciate that, Mr. Nolan. So, Mr. Gooden, how does this all connect with your students? I mean, we can see the obvious ones, but, you know, enlighten us some more. Well, I would start by talking about the studio that we're sitting in right now. This is like a $250,000 studio that was uh, built over time and currently is definitely state-of-the-art industry standards. And uh, I always tell the students that we do everything in CTE and music tech authentically. So we don't do it in a student way. This isn't the way to teach students. This is the exact same way I teach adults. You're working on the same equipment. Is it sometimes pared down? Yeah. Do we not have 30 cameras like the Super Bowl? Sure. We're shooting on four. <laughs> but the whole process... We also don't have a $10 billion budget Correct. either. There you go. <laughs> but we use all that same latest equipment and people go, oh, and I've talked to other teachers in other districts who don't have the luxury of having that support. And they'll say, oh, you, yeah, but if you, you know, if you can do it with two cameras, sure. <laughs> but what this does, you can get from what, what this does, doesn't make the kids, our work isn't better today because we're in front of fancier equipment. What it allows it to do is it allows the students to buy into it and it gives them that ownership. And I watch the students that come through that maybe aren't always as academically inclined historically, right? So they're not crushing it necessarily in a traditional academic sense. But they can direct a crew of 16 kids and get their attention like that. Um, so I watch people come in here and go, oh, how are you sit there? How do you run that, you know, Johnny or Sally? How do you make that work? And that sense of pride that, yeah, I can sit in front of this wall of electronics and understand it and then apply it and then see their work level go up. That's the difference. So they, it's not about impressing people when they walk in here, although that's fun to go, yeah, look at the cool, how many parents come in here and go, I wish I had that when I was in high school. Yeah, you do. Because you produce better work, and then you learn better skills, and once you have better skills, you're going to have more success. So I always say, like, these aren't, yes, they're shiny and bright and awesome and all the things we love about being in here, because it is fun. It just is, right? To use this equipment and play on better guitars and keyboards and <laughs> computers programs. It is more fun. But the term we use all the time, which isn't as sexy, for lack of a better word, is it's industry standard equipment. So... We need to stay, the technology is changing faster than we can breathe, right? So faster than at any time in history. So it's, we have to stay up on the technology or the kids aren't going to buy in and then they're going to fall behind if they're not. So it's not that you have to have the latest equipment, it's just about how much that opens up learning opportunities. And the thing that I think people are coming around to that aren't technology driven is technology frees up time. So tasks that used to take us days take us minutes. So if you can have that in an, in an educational setting and I don't have to spend time, simple thing, removing the background on a picture. I can do that in two clicks now. I used to have to teach that for three days in Photoshop, do two tutorials, and then do a project on it. And it would still take them an hour the week after. Not because they weren't working hard, because that's what it allowed. So we're trying to use this as how, okay, if we have extra time, what opportunities does that open up? And that's kind of our focus in CTE, whether it be robotics, the same thing. 
or graphic design, what they're doing down there, or in the engineering shops, or even down in our culinary lab down there where they're running restaurants and things like and all the other stuff they're doing down there. So in you know I'm gonna I'm gonna really mess things up for folks because <laughs> the show's not fun, right? If Doctor Hill's not causing a problem, so yes, I'm called Doctor Hill because you know thank God I do have a PhD from UMass Amherst. Um, I love school. School's always been fun for me. I will say I have my nerd side, but I also, <laughs> as I said earlier, know how to use my hands too very well. Um, kids do not come to school and necessarily, so watch all the teachers come for me, guys. Y'all got my back. <laughs> and necessarily say, I just can't wait to get to school tomorrow for calculus six. That doesn't drive kids, right? And I know Mr. Cullen's going to cringe if he hear this, but <laughs> it's really not what drives kids. I've said this for my 31-year career, right? It's these courses. And of course, there are more. And again, maybe there's going to be another episode, guys, because CTE is so big, as you heard Dr. Haiti say, like just you know all the courses we offer. Kids, when they go off to college or to the military, you know, or out into the industry, or as I like to say, Mr. Good in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. Once they get out of school, you don't go and say, well, what do you do for a living? Math. <laughs> no, you don't do math for a living, right? That's, that's not what you're doing. So how are you applying that math, right? I do chemistry. Like, what do you mean by chemistry, right? It's how it's applied. Right. So, you know, it's students don't necessarily go to college and major in the core courses by themselves. We do have people who major, right? But the big majors are always something that's more in the application phase, right? And so that's why I want students, parents in particular, um, to understand. Yes, your kid's going to come. They're going to take math, science, you know, history, uh, English, all those things. But why do they need to be proficient and, you know, even excel in those areas so that they can utilize what they've learned in those areas? So, for instance, you know, as I said earlier, my daughter wants to go major in film in college. Right. But how many ideas could she come up with and how could she articulate those ideas with any sense of credibility if she could not write well? Right. So she needs her English teachers for that. And. Where would she, you know, what would be the genesis for her ideas if besides life experiences, if she didn't know anything from history, right? Because all we do, Hollywood or any other industry, is, is really nothing new. I've lived long enough now that I've seen a ton of remakes of movies that were out when I was a kid. <laughs> and even some of the ones that were re um, done when I was a kid were remakes of something done 30, 40 years before that. So you have to know the history of things. Um, you have to know the quote unquote nuts and bolts right we know how long a typical movie is we know how long a documentary may be so that that's timing right you're gonna you're gonna teach them editing that's something that we may not have uh, mentioned directly here but you don't just run a camera and then say here's a movie people don't want to see everything that you see and the stuff you see like you said it'll go back to what mr lola said what you're seeing when they're editing hopefully um What's left on the editing floor, so to speak, but it's now on the computer, I know that much, are those aren't the victories. You're seeing the film shows you a compilation in sequence and in some kind of order that is the victory. That's how you create the film, if we stay here in this category. That's where the, the Oscars come from, right? That great film. And the people who do the soundtracks, right? Like, because you could see a picture, but if you don't have the right music at that time. 
just picture guys like i'm gonna use something that we all could you know <laughs> understand picture michael myers standing behind someone with that knife and that crazy mask on right and all of a sudden they started playing the beat from chicken noodle soup <laughs> right somehow michael myers is not scaring you quite as much you know the person that gets stabbed but with chicken noodle soup with a soda on the side all that is just going to change everything so someone has to understand the music that goes behind it no one's saying i wonder what's the equation we're going to use to make michael scarier right that's not what they're saying there's one more big piece that I think fits in here too that I know is important to you too and these guys that she that Megan touched on a little earlier is the representation of women in CTE that goes around to full representation so not to go too far off track but digital media we're off track we okay. go here we just <laughs> but, flow but media Freestyle. media in this country whether it be newspapers or traditional newspapers to what they are but more I'm going more TV and film and music even it's in scoring films was always controlled by gatekeepers until about 20 years ago. What's so a gatekeeper? People, well, usually old white men in this country, but <laughs> traditionally the, the three or four people that ran media for all those years. And they occasionally let those stories get told. You had your Sanford and Sons and your Jeffersons pop through and the Cosby show that we all felt good about in the 80s. But then, now the, the, the exciting thing and the scary thing is everybody can create content. So it's really important. I know it's really important to Mr. Nolan and Miss Islop. I'm sorry. Ricketts. You're Ricketts. fine. I forgot. <laughs> See, I've been good, right? I'm used to it. I'm so okay. good. <laughs> I know it's important to them. But we, talk about, <laughs> we talk about representation a lot. So yes, we can bring the real world examples into our classroom to show kids that that work's getting made. But on a deeper level, yes, the door's open for, for some of those students to now create content where those doors were never even, it didn't matter how talented they were, they just weren't getting the chance. But now we're also 20 years behind creating people that want to make that content because their parents couldn't and their grandparents couldn't and before them. So they couldn't make that content, right? So now these kids are like, so she's doing that on that level. You can be an engineer. You can be a carpenter. And I see that go the other way. Some of our kids of color were like, oh, you should go. Oh, you don't do well in math. You should go here. Really? Because watch that kid on a computer with frame rate and watch how much math he's doing or how much music theory he's whipping through, which is all math, and then turning that into creative art and then... Also, that message is way stronger than any message coming out of a lot of other schools. So allowing kids to use that technology to literally find their voice and then tell their stories, their true stories from their true perspective and experiences. And so like, that's a big mission in CTE here too. It doesn't, it's easy for me and media to go, oh, create videos that way. But it's happening in all areas, whether it be engineering, automotive, wood, and all the, oops, all the other areas that So this, about. so you're saying this part. you know we're gonna start trouble. Somebody's gonna come <laughs> for us. But we just be ready for the second round, that's all. But you're saying like this department, not only are you teaching, you know, our young people real critical skills and, and something they can use lifelong, but you're helping them break down barriers and overcome, um, some would even say, you know, historical barriers, right? As you said, if you were told, no, that's not for you, you can't do that, that's not what women do, women will do this, right? And we have Megan sitting here as a testament that no, because I remember when we hired her, I was like, you do what? <laughs> when they told me, it's like, we got a woman, a CTG, I was like, I already got culinary, I already got, <laughs> right? I was, I was stereotyping, and she can't, no. You know, she held up all five fingers too, guys. So <laughs> I was like, yo, we got to hire her. I was just so excited to have a woman in a, in a non-quote-unquote traditional area. And she wasn't just someone who was like, I got the job, I'm happy. She was someone coming with her own credentials and her own resume saying, hey, I did this Go Baby Go program. And I was like, 
wow. And for me, that's value added when you hire someone, right? Like they've, so I, I do this and, and, and she's a woman, not because she's a woman, but all the stuff she's accomplished in her own right. And as a woman, because I know that the minute my young ladies see her, everything changes for them, right? Like my role model was my grandfather, you know, at the time, grandma wasn't lifting the tools. She cooked, but she wasn't lifting those tools. But now I'm like, hey, I got somebody. And I'll come to Megan. Megan, do this for me. Do that for me, right? She probably like, I don't want him to call me. But <laughs> I don't think like, oh, it's Megan and she can't, I don't care who I reach. I think her skills are top notch. And the fact that she's a woman, that's great. But I'm looking at her skills. And I think that my young ladies will think the same thing. I never thought I could go into this, but I know Ms. Ricketts is doing it. So that means I can do it. And that's what we should be doing in education. That's not in the stated curriculum. And I've always, again, for 31 years, that's something that I've always talked about. When they saw me earn my degrees, I know that standing in front of a bunch of students of color with a PhD and students will ask me, what is that? I'm like, don't don't have a heart attack in front of me. It's not that kind of doctor. Right? I do know how to dial 911, though. That's it. I got the number memorized. So, But I explained to them all the work that I had to do in order to earn that credential. And yes, it does garner a certain level of respect. But I tell them, I did it. You can do it. It's, it's not something that's for someone else. It's it's for everyone, if you want it, and if you put the work in. I appreciate uh, going back to Mr. Nolan when he talked about uh, folks see the victory. I don't know how many times I try to express that to this generation, right? Like they, we didn't have that in my generation, right? Videos, music videos had just come out, right? Let's get physical, right? They had just come out <laughs> and they were pretty basic and we thought they were high tech, right? Kids today can blow that away with their phone. But again, they don't understand how much work they're going to have to put in it. So even that misnomer or that stereotype that these CT courses for kids who aren't academically inclined, that's an absolute myth. You need to just drop it. If your mind goes that way, just just drop it. We have to find, in Windsor, we say that we want to develop the genius in every child. And I've been saying for years, genius does not mean I'm really good in math or really good in writing. Those are just two areas. You can be good in math and good in writing, and you can be absolutely astounding in digital media ridiculously talented right in the music area exceptionally skilled with your hands in a woodshop class i just looked at some of the uh the guitars that they're making and i'm like man i wouldn't know the difference between a fender or a bumper that was a little joke um, <laughs> if they put it up there but our kids made that and I'm like, wow, this was made in high school. I have a really big chest in my man cave that I've had now for about 15 or 17 years that I bought from a student here in the woodshop class. He didn't want it. He just, he built it as his project. And I'm like, I'll buy it off you. No, you can't. No, I'm buying it because I wanted to teach him business skills. Yep. Dr. Hill was a business teacher. So I was <laughs> in this department when I was a teacher. Business. You got to learn how to handle money and how the economy really moves. So... Every day I'm in the man cave watching games or a movie. My feet are on that thing. Blankets and pillows are inside of it. People come and see it like, wow, that's amazing. It's so big. I've stood on it. I run speaker wire over the drop ceiling. It is so durable and sturdy. And after all these years, it doesn't wobble. It doesn't move. And a student did that here at Windsor High School. You, you know, and a middle school kid 
So you're like this, Megan. <laughs> I have a wooden reindeer that I got from Robert in my first year teaching at Huntington Middle School in Newport News, Virginia. He made it in wood shop. And he didn't want it. A little tall wooden reindeer. <laughs> it's been outside of my house at the door every single holiday season since 1992. And he made that in his woodshop class in middle school. So I'm just like, there are so, and, and he probably, we haven't seen each other. You know, he doesn't even know what that means. But my kids, if we go to decorate, and I'm not even big on it anymore, they're more into it. They're like, Dad, we got to put the reindeer on the porch. It has, it has got it has got to happen. Right? So you guys are doing amazing things. I am glad that the community just got to hear um, just a snippet of what's going on here. Your kids, I'm not telling you wrong because they're going somewhere else. I'm just saying. But we're doing big things here at Windsor High and in Sage Park Middle School. And there is nothing that your child's going to lose coming to our schools. And again, as I always say, if you didn't know, now you know.